Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? Who through life has been my guide? We're going to start Mark chapter 5 today. When we go through the Word of God, we don't jump around. We don't skip subjects. And this week is all about a demon-possessed man and about demon possession and demon oppression. And so it's, it's, it's been a fun week. I will just let you know. But it also is encouraging because even today, things have gone exactly how the Lord allowed them to go. And uh, it's been challenging at times, but it tells us we're on the right track. But in this lesson, now I titled this lesson... Uh, demons and bacon, okay? That, you know, demons and bacon, you'll, you understand if you know Mark chapter 5, if you know what we're looking at today. But if not, maybe it's piqued your interest, I hope so. But demons and bacon. But in this lesson today, we're going to see lessons about the world we're living in, okay? Some of you guys, you know, you really like bacon, right? So anything to get your attention. So demons and demons, you know, that gets people's attention right away. But we'll see lessons about living a life for the Lord that's pleasing to Him. We'll see lessons about this world that we're living in, the culture we're living in. We'll see lessons about trusting Jesus, lessons about spiritual warfare, lessons about spiritual authority, lessons about sin and compromise, lessons about demonic strongholds and footholds, lessons about the subtleties of evil. But other than that, there's not much in this teaching. So, (laughs) what do you think? On that note, let's read the first ten verses of Mark chapter 5 before we jump in. Mark chapter 5, starting at verse 1. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. Verse 5. And always, night and day, He was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him and cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. And Father, this is your word. Help me to get out of the way, Lord, and and pour out your protection upon each one of us as we hear this passage, as we go through this challenging subject, Lord. But open our hearts and our minds to your word. We know it won't return void. And so, Lord, in faith, we step out and we hear you. We listen, Lord. Give us those ears to hear. Give us faith to believe. Give us eyes to see, Lord. We praise you and honor you in Jesus' name. We're seeing this this man who's demon-possessed, and he's out of his mind. And we really only hear the demons talking right now. We won't even hear the man talk until the very end. But it's a beautiful thing when he does, when he's able to talk. But you know, when we look at this, I think 
as we go through this passage, we can see the difference between a foothold and a stronghold is really not much different. They're about the same thing. But we can make those things happen in our lives by our own choices, by what we approve in our own lives. And that's something we need to be conscious about. Now, last week we saw Jesus. He crossed over. He crossed over the Sea of Galilee with his disciples. And they got in that boat. And we're going to find out the whole entire reason he crossed over was an appointment with this demon-possessed man. Not only that, but we saw last week he was teaching his own disciples because he took them through a storm. And they had a faith test, which they failed, but he used it to instruct them. Because they saw him say, peace, be still, and all of creation was still immediately. He showed his absolute authority over all creation because he is the creator. And today we're going to see his absolute authority over spiritual things as well. And I want us to keep in mind something that's very crucial. Last week we saw that Jesus is the creator of all things, and so nature obeyed him. It recognized the voice of, his crea- the, of its creator, and it, it immediately obeyed. But sometimes we miss this fact. Jesus also created the devil and all the demons. Do you understand that? Now, they're not serving his intended purpose, but he sets their boundaries. He sets what they can do, and he is also their creator. So make no mistake, he is their creator. And so here in Mark 5, we see they come to the other side, to this place called the Gadarenes. They get out of the boat, and immediately this demon-possessed man comes up to him. And he'd been dwelling in the tombs, and he has all these chains and these scars from the chains being broken off of him. He broke his chains continually. And then day and night, he's crying and cutting himself. And we see Jesus and his disciples make it there, and they go from one storm to another storm. Have you ever felt that way in life? (laughs) Uh, You don't have to, you know, nod your head yes, but, you know, sometimes it just feels like we go from one storm to another. But as we're going to see today, there's something beautiful in those storms when we trust our king when we trust him to direct us and lead us. And so they come to the land of the Gadarenes. Now we need to understand what the land of the Gadarenes is. This is on the east side, the northeast side of the Sea of Galilee. The land of the Gadarenes. Now understand, this is actually part of the the land of Israel. This was given to the 12 tribes, particularly the tribe of Reuben, the half-tribe of Manasseh, and the tribe of Gad. And this is what happened. Reuben, the half-tribe of Manasseh, and Gad... They wanted to stay on that side. Numbers 32 tells us they wanted to stay on that side of the Jordan River because it was best for all of their flocks and their herds. Okay, and that's going to come back into play. But that's what, and they made this deal, and they said, yes, as long as you go in and fight with us to take the land, you can come back out on the east side of the Jordan and and raise your flocks and your herds here. So this is technically part of, of Israel. This is part of the 12 tribes of their inheritance. But this, this is where I think it gets interesting in the sense that notice this man in verse 3, where he lived. He lived in the tombs. And you know, demonic creatures, demonic beings seem to love death and darkness and destruction. You know, which is why you see the focus during Sawween, during Halloween, you see this focus on death, on darkness and destruction. And something else to note, because sometimes the the Bible critics will tell us there's all sorts of contradictions in the scripture. In Matthew 8, when you read this passage, Matthew 8 says that there were two demon-possessed men. But here in Mark, we only see one demon-possessed man. So I've had people say, see, the Bible doesn't know what it's talking about. And then I I go into the rules of logic, which I'm not going to bore you with all of that, okay? But just know this. If there's two men, there's at least one. Can I get an amen? (laughs) This This isn't like the new math they all do, okay? If there's two men, there's at least one. And what Mark does is focus on the one who does most of the talking, where the interaction is mostly taking place. And also notice, though, this demon-possessed man, 
He couldn't be bound. He couldn't be shackled. It says in, there in, in verse 3 that not even with chains, and he was often bound with shackles. And it states there in verse 4, though, that he couldn't be tamed. Now, you need to understand, this is all pictures and types in a sense. This is, this is what demon activity looks like. You know, the demonic realm, they don't like to be shackled by godly principles. They don't like to be bound up by godly things. They don't like to be tamed. They won't be tamed. They want to be wild. They want to run free. That's their wish. And that's what we see even in our country today. Look at all of the rebellion. Look at all of the untamed people, the rebellion in the streets. Look at what we've seen over the last few years. Look at the evil that's going on, all but in the name of break off the shackles of the Judeo-Christian values. And let's bring in this, this new kind of thing we want to try, which is atheistic communism. Oh, yeah, like that's never been tried. Give me a break. It's from the pit of hell because it tears down everything that we value, all of our foundations. It'll always try to break the chains because they think they're bound and they don't even realize the blessing in all of it. If we follow God's system for the home and for the church and for everything else, things just work. Let me ask you this. You know, our nation in years past, we've never been a perfect nation. But when we were walking closer to the Lord, when we had our godly foundations and they were more secure, were we better off than we are now? In some ways, right? <laughs> but look at what's happening now. It's really heartbreaking because they want to break off the shackles of our Christian, Judeo-Christian values and foundations. But we see in this, in this passage that this man, he's, he'd been possessed for some time. And we know that because it says he often broke these, these chains off, these shackles. But in Luke chapter 8, it tells us he had been demon-possessed for some time. And in Luke chapter 8, it also tells us another important fact. He was completely naked. Okay? Do you understand? This man was naked before Jesus, and he wasn't ashamed. There's another sign of demonic activity. People will do very shameful things in the midst of the public, and they don't even care. There's no shame anymore. There's no shame anymore. I mean, what's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. It's the signs of demonic activity. That's what they want. They want to tear down all these things. But you know, when I ponder this, when I start studying this out, I wonder about this man. I care about this man and the story. He's a real guy. We get to meet him. I can't wait to meet him in heaven. Because think about his story. He had a mom and a dad. He most likely had siblings. He had friends, we're going to find out. And they probably all had to watch him go through this transition. He probably started as a little rebel. They tried, probably, you know, and I'm assuming a lot of stuff, but just think about this. How much his parents loved him. They certainly, they didn't expect, and their hopes for their son wasn't that he'd be a demon-possessed maniac, running around naked, breaking off shackles, and terrorizing everybody. But you know, they probably had great hopes for their child, for their kid, for their son, and I'm sure his siblings did if he had them, and his friends as well. And then after a while, he just kept changing. He just kept getting worse and worse, and they eventually had to break off every relationship. How heartbreaking is that? But we see that many times in our nation today, don't we? So many of these young people are lost, and how do we reach them? That's my prayer constantly. I'm praying, Lord, how do we reach these young people? How do we reach this generation that's been lied to, that truth has been stolen from them? God, show us how we reach them. And if your heart doesn't break for that, and if you don't weep for that, there's something wrong with your faith. And I'm not, I'm not judging you as, as somebody who comes to you with judgment. I'm saying that's true. Because your heart should yearn to reach this generation. Your heart should yearn to reach the lost. That's what we're called to do. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in southeast Nampa, 
and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.